You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. What, it's a police box. What on earth are you doing here? Hey, these things are usually on the street. I feel it. I feel it, you feel it. Faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. What? Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveller in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey there, listeners, and welcome back to Earth Station Who. It feels like it's been forever since we've talked to you guys. But we have a really great episode for you guys tonight. We are going to be looking at the face of evil the story that introduced Leela as a companion and boy, did she come on with a bang. It was a lot of fun to see this one. It's been years since it's been in my viewing. So it'll be really interesting to hear what Mike and Mary have to say. And speaking of Mike and Mary, let's say hey to my co-host for tonight. Let's say, of course, hi to Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. And we have the lovely Mary Ogle here too. Everybody, it is great to be here. It is really great to be here, and we definitely would love to hear from you guys. You know, how are you doing? You guys surviving okay? Please write us at EarthStationWho at ESONetwork.com. And, you know, we definitely would like to hear, you know, did you guys go to Virtual Dragon Con? Did you stay up at 5 a.m. to see our panel on Dragon Con TV? You know, we actually were up there. We actually were on main programming. I was pretty impressed. And so we definitely would love to hear from you guys. And what were you guys' thoughts on it? Did you guys watch anything? Did you get to see us? Because we also had a separate panel with Doctor Who 101, and we were up on the Brit Tracks uh, video feed on that one. You could actually find that up on YouTube. So it shouldn't be all hard to do that. So pretty awesome. So Dragon Con has come and gone, and... It's hard to believe that 2020's Dragon Con is behind us. It wasn't that much work because it was all virtual. So we didn't have to worry about getting con crud or COVID or anything else, except for maybe those of us who drink all weekend. You know, you have to live up to a tradition somehow. So <laughs> it should be a lot of cool stuff. So we're going to talk for a few minutes about it. Uh, Mary, did you catch any of the Dragon Con stuff over the weekend? I did watch a few panels. It was a lot of fun, but it was kind of bittersweet because oh, yeah. we, we weren't there. And I really miss big, a big part of Dragon Con for me is just seeing all my friends and who I never see except at Dragon Con. And so I did miss that, miss out on that. Oh, totally agree with that. And it was kind of bittersweet. Like while we were watching the virtual parade, seeing some friends, Oh, I know that person. I know that person. Oh, there's that costume. <laughs> I remember seeing that one. And so it was it was kind of neat to see and it was a great idea and kudos to the staff of Dragon Con you know for doing the way they putting up a great virtual show and we'll talk about that all and you know Mike Gordon I saw you quite a few times on the different you know programs and such not just main programming but some of the other tracks and such yeah, I got to uh, I got to do a little bit more panels than I usually do uh, because I didn't have a, a table that I had to physically be at. Um, so, um, but they allow us to set up virtual tables, or I should say, a table in Virtual Artist Alley uh, in the marketplace there, which was nice. Um, and I do appreciate everybody who shopped around and and uh, added some uh, added some of my stuff to their orders. I appreciate that. A lot, actually. Um, and uh, um, but otherwise, yes, I got to uh, partake in a, in a number of panels and some tracks that I've uh, never experienced before. I've never been on a panel in the um, 
uh, American uh, sci-fi and fantasy media room, uh, mm-hmm. Kelly's uh, Kelly's room. Uh, I've never got a chance to do that. Um, and we did, I did three, uh, tra- uh, three uh, panels for the Brit tracks. Uh, we of course did two on Azure station who, and, uh, um, I also did one on uh, the 42nd anniversary of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with, uh, um, uh, uh, someone who's a guest on our show quite a bit. Rob Levy was on that, was on that show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that was a lot of fun. And I, I had a, a blast. A lot of them were pre-recorded. Uh, and um, the one on the Hitchhiker's Guide was um, was was live during the weekend, and uh, almost all of them are still available. So if anybody missed out on any of our panels, uh, and you don't have to be a Dragon Con member to watch any of these, they were all, all the content was free. Um, you can, like Mike said, I think the Brit Tracks has a YouTube channel and a Facebook page, and you can go check out uh, our panels there. The only one that you can't see there is the one that, ironically enough, is the one that aired at 5 o'clock in the morning, which nobody was probably awake for. So um, uh, I think that's still available through DCTV, but I'm not sure. I haven't been able to confirm that yet. No, exactly. It is through DragonCon TV, and I know through for their doing a year subscription, to dragon con tv for only ten dollars which is yeah. not too shabby and you could see all the content up there that they put out on their app and online and so i think starting today it's it's all been taken down from the free site and you, it's behind a, a paywall now so you have to pay the 10 bucks yeah my, my i did pay the ten dollars but my subscription hasn't kicked in yet so i i checked to see it, what the what the layout look like and um it it's not set up yet understandably so i mean there are a lot on their plate and i don't mind i mean it's perfectly understandable that they're taking like a a day or two to breathe because uh i'm sure it was a like you said mike it was a tremendous effort to put this thing together oh, nobody nobody got paid soft. for yeah. it yeah they did an no. amazing job in a very short amount of time yeah exactly they did a great great job i did a total of 16 panels i Oof. went through wow and um, basically eight of them were, were taped, uh, actually nine of them were taped and seven of them that I did were over the weekend. But, you know, so I did that. I did quite a bit with the new media track, which is basically, you know, podcasting. I did an intro to podcasting track, podcasting 101. I did a, why should you be on a podcast network? The pros and cons. I also did, you know, what it's like to be get a guest for a podcast. And also I did how to build a podcast for the podcast network. But I also did an Abbey Road panel for the Brit Tracks. I also did a, I did a, what is it, a Westworld panel that was also live. And then I also did, a, I moderated the uh, Watchmen panel over the weekend. And so that was through Kelly's track and that was a ton of fun and everything. So it was, it was neat to do that kind of stuff, but then pre-recorded, we did the earth two earth station who ones. We also did two earth station one panels. We did a, uh, of course we did the pre-recorded, uh, which was played before we did airplane and airplane two, but we also did for the weekend, we did 12 monkeys and we did real genius. And then I also, for the Brit tracks, I also did two James Bond panels. I did um, the Spy School one, which was a lot of fun. I did that with Van Allen Plexico. And it was a ton of fun to do that, to talk about what it's like to be a secret agent and what it takes and everything. And then we did a regular James Bond talking about, you know, the history of James Bond and such. So that was also was a lot of fun to do. So, you know, we did a ton of stuff i'm probably forgetting one or two other panels that i did so it was it's just it's just hard to remember you know there was so much apple pie over the weekend i just didn't know <laughs> if i was coming or going so it was cool so well, of course of course i took uh part in uh the 12 monkeys panel for earth station one uh and uh i also did uh two panels for the comics track uh, one was my annual uh, Art of Tiki panel, uh, which was uh, great fun. And we got some people that normally don't get involved with Dragon Con to be part of that panel. And that was the benefit 
of having, you know, the virtual con, you could get people that, and people could experience it that don't usually have anything to do with dragon con. So I think it opened it up uh, to a lot of people. Um, And then I also got to uh, moderate a tribute uh, panel, a remembrance panel to uh, the um, uh, Denny O'Neill, who we lost a few months ago. So uh, that was really a special moment for me as well. Um, and those like the others are available on, uh, well, the comic ones are available on their Facebook page. They don't have a YouTube channel. So it, it does get kind of confusing because every track was doing something a little bit different. Some of them were on YouTube, some of them were on Facebook, some of them were on Twitch, some of them were, you know, like, so yeah, yeah, that, that got a little crazy. Um, it was kind of like, you know, the newbies who are going to hotels trying to figure out which hotel to be in. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the I actually you really miss doing that. I know I really actually there were probably a ton of newbies, people who had never gone to Dragon Con were able to experience the panels and everything for free. And so it was like dipping their big toe in. It's still nothing like the real thing. I saw a so. report no. that said that uh there were over 600,000 uh, views. I saw of that. content uh, across. Uh, I think it was just. I think we're just talking about TCTV here. Um, and that was and five AM panel, right? <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> five hundred ninety nine thousand. <laughs> and that's pretty incredible when you consider, like, you know, DragonCon usually gets what eighty five or so thousand people. So I mean that that blew that's up that cool. number. Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. of course, it's probably a lot of the same people, but uh, um, and whenever I the the cool thing about it is whenever I tuned into one of the panels that was airing that I was on, whether it was pre-recorded or not, I could see how many people were watching. So yeah. like when I watched the parade, there was like 300 and some people watching it with me. Uh, some, uh, during some of our panels, not quite as many, <laughs> like maybe 30 or so, but still, you know, that was That's pretty fun. Bad. No, no, that nope. was, I'll take that. I'll never complain about 30 people listening I, to us. I really us. wanted to check out our 5 a.m. panel to see how many people were like <laughs> actually viewing that. To... You know what? I got up at 4.45 and I thought, I can do this. I'll watch it. Next thing I know, it was 6.30. <laughs> 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 I, I went right back to sleep. So, uh, yeah. It was, so it was unfor- a valiant effort. <laughs> yeah. So, unfortunately, I didn't huzzah, get to huzzah, Mikey. see that live either. But I would have been really – that was the one I was most curious about, like, how many people are actually going to watch this? And uh, so, uh, I don't well, know. They would have had one if you stayed awake. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I should have just put up the app anyway and just, like – Right, uh, just let it play. <laughs> just let it play so there would be at least one person watching. Yeah, come on, taking one for the team, Mikey. Where is the? Yeah, we all should have done that. Like, yeah, exactly. We should have. (laughs) We should have, but damn it, we didn't. But yeah, it was it was a fun time, and I just had a great, great time. And thank you to everyone who from DragonCon who included us in it. It was amazing. I always feel honored when I'm asked to be on a panel or moderate. You know, it's like me. Okay, (laughs) you know, it's like. I guess we're doing something right in a lot of ways. So it's pretty awesome with that. And you know what? I'm just glad to be able to share it with you guys and do stuff like this with you guys. And that's the best part about it is being with my friends and talking about geeky stuff. What did you guys think at home? Did you guys watch Dragon Con at all? Did you, you know, I know some people who have been thinking about coming to Dragon Con um, have been, you know, over in the UK I'm not naming names or anything. Uh, ex- Shush, I wasn't naming names. <laughs> I will. I, I hope he was able to catch it to see a little bit, get a little bit of a hint of what is in store if they're planning on still coming next year. So it would be great to see him and Helen, you know, to come to the show. So it should be a lot of fun to, you know, for people wanting to and everything. But, you know, what did you guys think? Write us, EarthStationWho at ESONetwork.com. Definitely would like to hear. And if anyone was up at 5 a.m., did you like the panel? That's the question. (laughs) That is the big question. Let's take a quick break, and we will be back in a moment, and we are going to be talking of the face of evil. Monster. 
Why so glum, chum? Oh, hi, Bane. I have to write a promo for my podcast. Well, you should do something like, I am the monster, and I could kill you, but instead, I will simply break you if you don't listen to my podcast. I think that's a bit much. I don't see how that's a problem. The Monster Sci-Fi Show is part of the ESO Network. It's sci-fi. From a certain point of view. Hey kids, let's go back to January 1977 and we are going to be talking about the face of evil. That's right, folks. A four-parter featuring Tom Baker as the fourth doctor. And this is right after the deadly assassin. So the doctor is on his own and he stumbles across Leela and then the sparks started. It was kind of interesting. You know, because Lila was a different companion compared to anything you had ever seen on Doctor Who before. So this was something, you know, I think it was kind of daring. And I think it was very well, I don't know how well, uh, you know, taken it was by the audience. But I know a lot of the male audience liked it, but, you know. And hey, it was a, a lot good, of the female audience liked it too. <laughs> good point. Good point. <laughs> that is a very good point. But it was it was very interesting because, you know, most of the time the, you know, the reporters or scientists or, you know, people, secret agents who were the doctor's companions before this, school teachers, they never had someone who was a true warrior. Jamie, maybe a little bit. But sort of, kind of. <laughs> yeah. But you didn't really have anything like this, especially a female, which was really awesome. Yeah, Leela is the best thing about this. I mean, it, it's a good story. I actually enjoyed it. But Leela just really shines right from the beginning. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. If she hadn't been a companion, it would have been definitely, she would have been a high on the list to have be a companion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she wasn't supposed to be a companion in the beginning. They weren't going to make it. She was a one-off. But then they decided to make her a companion, and I sure I'm glad they did. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that when she was cast, they by that time they knew. By that time, they knew, yes, yeah. when they were first writing it. Right, when they were first writing it, they, they yeah, because Tom, as we all know, Tom didn't want another companion. He kind of liked the freedom he had with uh, Deadly Assassin, and he just wanted to do his own thing and have his own adventures. Um, and it is weird, very surreal at the beginning of this adventure when Tom just looks right at the screen and breaks the fourth wall and it just like starts talking to you like you're the companion. And I was like... Mm-hmm. Okay, that's an interesting idea, and maybe if they'd gone with that, it would have it worked. Because I, you know, look, I Tom's one of the sustain it. Though. Well, Tom's one of the few people that could pull it off. You know, uh, I think it would have got old after a while. Probably, yeah. Plus, you need somebody in there. I mean, you know, somebody with a character. I mean, the best companions have are, are characters, are great characters on their own, not just companions, not just second set, set pieces, right? Right. Definitely not. You needed someone who was strong enough to be able to, you know, put up with Tom, be able to, well, you know, I hate to put it that way. Yeah. And, but you you need somebody to play off. Exactly. And, you know, coming off Sarah Jane, who in a lot of ways was almost equal with it. And, you know, she didn't take a lot of the doctor's BS and you wanted another companion that wouldn't, especially Tom, who, you know, every, with the Tom Baker doctor, he always was the smartest man in the room, you know, whenever he came in. He certainly he, thought he was. Well, of course. <laughs> well, duh. So, but yeah, and that was always interesting. And you, you, I think with Leela, you ran into that. And right from the very start, you know, it was real interesting. And the story really captured, you know, how their relationship was going to be right from the very beginning, which was kind of nice. This is, uh, it's a Tom episode, so it's not by any means the first time I've seen this one. Um, I have vague recollection of seeing it back in the day when I first started watching Tom, uh, because I do... (laughs) 
don't know why I do. Leela made an impression on me as a <laughs> as a young teenage boy. Not sure exactly why I would remember her in such fondness, but uh, I do. Um, uh, I do. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I don't remember. You know, I didn't remember the plot or anything like that until I recently watched it. Uh, and uh, I'm surprised we never reviewed this one before, actually. So. No, I was actually shocked. Like when one of us picked like one of our favorite, you know, old series, Doctor Who, I'm sure this was, I was surprised this was not number one on Mike Gordon's list. You know, <laughs> Leela, Leela, Leela. There, there are better Leela stories. Uh, th- I mean, Leela's great in this one and it is her intro episode, but she's not, this is not her at her best, uh, I think um but like i said it's it's pretty it, it, i think it holds up as mary kind of hinted at the plot in this is just bonkers <laughs> that's a good word for it right it's like it 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 is it is a mess in some places uh but um the characters are pretty interesting the acting is great i think overall the secondary um, characters are good too yeah yeah absolutely uh they make an impression um that's you know i mean this is a this is done during my favorite time uh of doctor who uh philip hincliffe is one of my favorite showrunners and there's not really any well i don't want to say any but there's not too many bad stories during his run mm-hmm. yeah, i love philip Pinchcliffe. yeah he's, he's yeah. one of my favorites too i mean he's partly responsible for that but also robert holmes the script editor doesn't hurt either. Yes, that's very true <laughs> Between the two of them, I understand it was uh, Philip's idea to have uh, for the story to involve um, the Doctor being there before and to have mm-hmm. his his uh, huge mug uh, carved <laughs> in carved, carved in stone uh, there. So, um, which I think that thing still exists somewhere. I'm sure it probably I does. I hope it does. <laughs> yeah, I would hate to think, you know, it might be in the, some museum or something or next to the hollow Switty carved into the, you know. <laughs> uh, Tom I, has it. Uh, above his fireplace. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> in, in his front yard. <laughs> in his garden. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Was this the first one story that actually, like, kind of hinted at the Doctor having adventures between the TV shows and stuff like that? It's not often. I don't, I can't think of another, I, offhand, I can't think of another instance where that happens. Right. Because I think they hinted that this he came to this planet right after he regenerated before right. and everything so it was like somewhere somewhere in the robot era you know type thing mm. and so yeah, and- you know before they went off to do the whole thing with arc and space and all that kind of stuff right i mean apparently in that terence dicks wrote the novelization and apparently he he expounded on that and said that it was in that time period and that it was because the doctor was so disoriented from regeneration. That's why he made the mistake and forgot to remove his personality. It's interesting that because he left his personality in the computer that drove the computer insane. <laughs> well, if I had, you know, Tom Baker's personality put into me, also, <laughs> I probably um, would also. I think they make it clear it's because it had multiple personalities, not just because it was his, if because it had, two personalities to it well but that but that's why it splits its personality right 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 because he leaves his behind but i i do think it was a pretty bold move to to also not only um sort of hint that the or basically state that the doctors had adventures outside of what we see on television but also that sometimes the doctor messes up yes. like the doctor yes. thought he was doing a good thing sure but you know it turns out that this this whole planet has been uh, generations of people have been affected by his bad judgment here. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, if it was later on, if it was like in the Moffat era or something, the doctor probably by this time he came to the planet hadn't done it yet or something like that. <laughs> yeah. you know, it's something in his future or something. But I, I do like the idea that, you know, the doctor, you know, always, you know, tries to say, oh, I'm always perfect. I'm always right. This shows that he's kind of infallible and everything too that he can mess up yeah i think that it makes him a more interesting character if he can mess up if he's mm-hmm. just perfect all the time in every way then it 
and it, there's no story there. It gets stagnant. So it's it, it was it was a very interesting take, and and they did it well. I think the first two parts are better than the second two parts. Like I have to say, the third episode is just filler. They're just running back and forth in quarters almost the whole time. And, and Welcome the tesh, to the Tom Baker era. The Tesh are not nearly as interesting. No, the Tesh are not interesting at all. And they're they they dress funny. <laughs> they look like like they should be on playing cards, like they're jacks or something. Yeah. <laughs> or Alice in Wonderland. Weird, weird choice. Like I'm like, what text dress like this? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Only the Tesh. Well, and it was interesting how when they figured out that they were the, all the descendants from the spaceship. And you know, from Earth, it was just like oh, that's who they are. Bum bum bum. But they've <laughs> yeah. done, but they've done this story so many times. Hell, this is basically the same story that created the Daleks, almost in some ways. You know, with the Thals and the Daleks. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, that's just a, a sci-fi trope. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just been used so many times. But it's okay. I mean, they they did a good job with it. I mean, it doesn't really matter that, that the Tesh are nothing because they're not that big of a part of the story. Not really, yeah. Mm-mm. yeah. No, they weren't. And it was like, I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to see them do more with them. I hadn't seen this probably since the late 90s. So it's been over 20 years since I've seen this one. Do you feel like so. it held up? Yes and no. Uh, yeah, yes and no. There's things. There's things that did held held up. Like, you know, Tom is just awesome as always. You know, you can't go wrong with Tom. But some of the story was just kind of weak, especially like you said, the third episode. I was like, get on with it already. Get on with it and everything. But it was it was interesting to see where they were going with the story and the final you know, the end of it, you know, and then Leela joining up with the doctor and everything. It was just like, I was not surprised, you know, that she didn't want to stay with her people and everything. You know, well, they had basically kicked her out. Yeah. The first thing that we see is them kicking her out. Right. Right. She's like, screw you guys. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. at the end, they're asking her to lead them. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's another reason why she's like, you know what? No. Yeah. You F you. I, I am the only woman on this tribe. So well, deal. Yeah. No, that was ridiculous. <laughs> I'm like, how? I'm, I'm wondering, how, how did all of you get here? <laughs> yeah, she's the only woman on the planet now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. That must have been interesting in the evenings. <laughs> no wonder, wonder she wants she to get off. To she's like, yeah. can I get off this She's thing? like, I'm exhausted. You know? <laughs> oh, that's a picture I just didn't want to have in my head. <laughs> or Louise Jameson. No. Yeah, it's bad yeah. enough. She got the Savine all over her. Now she's got a new bunch of guys, the Tez chatting her up. She's like, yeah, let, I'm She's like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Better to now, go with the one guy in the box. And well, exactly. And especially because they're all savages anyway. So <laughs> the poor girl never got any sleep. No wonder. <laughs> wow. Well, this, this episode's really degrading quickly. <laughs> so what did you, what was your, your thoughts when they first revealed, you know, the whole thing that the doctor was the face of evil? Were you guys surprised? Were you like... Well, not really, because they kind of implied it already. Yeah. And it and... sounded like his voice. Yeah, yeah. I got... I, I, I connected with his voice right away. So, yeah, you knew something was up. So by the time you do see it at the end of the first episode, it it's it's cool, but it it's not like, you know, a stunning surprise. It's not a shock. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of a full, cool effect for that time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the hologram? Yeah. Yeah. Effects oh, for the most uh, part in this one are all right, I think. You know, there's a couple of dodgy things, but um, for the most part, I thought, you know, I, I just wish that, and, you know, granted with HD capabilities now and all that, um, 
you know, the jungle looks kind of impressive, but it looks like a bunch of, what is it, uh, you know, air tubes or whatever, like that are just dressed up. And I wish they just would have gone that extra mile just to do something more with the tubes to make them not look like tubes. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they probably didn't look like tubes when you were watching it on your little TV back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it didn't. I'm sure it just looked all murky and and cool and atmospheric but now you can just yeah you're like yep that's a tube just with a little bit of stuff on it i mean i actually thought the sets were pretty good for the for the time Mm -hmm. oh yeah well you know it's a jungle set they used a lot of dry ice oh god (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true and it's like some it was funny when they were running through the jungles and into the spaceship it's like wait a minute i saw that scene i saw that scene you know it's like oh they reused it over and yeah over there was a lot of that and so that was it was just interesting i didn't you know i'm glad you know that the doctor was able to fix the computer at the end and it was not like he had to destroy it and leave you know society ruined or something the uh, the other big thing about this one, too, is that, you know, uh, Leela right away is introduced as a person who's not afraid to kill. <laughs> no. Not at all. She, she doesn't think anything of it. She's just going to stab you. <laughs> She's just going to stab you and you're going to not be able to move for a few minutes and then you're going to die. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's not a problem for her at all. The doctor right away tells her never to do that again. Of course, we know later on she does a couple more times. But uh, she doesn't get quite rid of those thorns. (laughs) And, uh, but yet, you know, it seems a bit hypocritical because there's times where he's like, well, I'm just going to take this thing and flap it on that guy's back. (laughs) That like, you know, that like soprano slug or whatever. Um, And I'm just going to kick that guy into an electrified wall. Like, I mean, it just seems like eh, sometimes it's a little like hypocritical of him. Well, the doctor is one of the biggest hypocrites there is out there a lot of times about stuff like that. He has no problem, you know, going out there and, you know, basically, you know, using Venusian judo on somebody and, you know, oh, he just happened to fall into the pit. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, (laughs) I didn't mean to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Or or he, I mean, he basically just kind of uses other people to do his dirty work. Oh, brigadier come here (laughs) you know the brigadier would have no problem you know if it was it was okay for the brigadier to kill somebody but leela no that was not you know i mean i get it the doctor doesn't walk around with like poison thorns (laughs) and and use them on anybody who's just walking around um uh so and you know i think it's you know obviously if you're directing this at kids, it's a good message not to kill. Right. So, of course. um, And uh, the fact that she's even introduced as a killing person at all goes to show you just how like grown up the, the show had gotten over the years. I mean, this is its 14th season and you know, this is not something that any of the companions prior to Leela probably could have gotten away with. No, because it was always, you know, evil to kill and type thing. Oh, the bad guys always killed, but not the good guys. Yeah. Yeah, you don't see Susan or Zoe or anybody like just stabbing people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe they should have. <laughs> Did Jamie ever kill anybody? I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. Unless they were British, you know, because he was Highlander, you know. Well, he was a, and uh, yeah, I've never even, you know, read or know what happens on his origin story. So he's a, is he a warrior as well? Oh, yeah. He, he was a, you know, Clan McCrimmon, you know, type thing. And, you know, they were Highlanders going up against the British Army. And so. It was, you know, this is all, if you ever watch Outlander, you know, it's the same era that that series started in, was when Jamie, where Jamie came from. This is before. I just didn't know if in his introduction, if they showed him actually killing anybody. Uh, I don't think he killed. I yeah, I don't think no. they show him. Because I've never, I've obviously, I've never seen the Highlanders, but I've read the book. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, of course, it was another Terrence Sticks novelization. So, you don't know how much he embellishes, right? Well, exactly. Or corrects. You know. 
<laughs> or, or fills in. <laughs> right. I mean, usually he's his version is is better in some ways. Um, well, if you think about it, though, truthfully, you know, when we saw Jamie leave in the war games, you know, what did, you know, they sent him back to the Scottish Highlands. First thing he does when he comes, goes back, he sees a British soldier. What does he do? Chases after him with a knife, you know. <laughs> I don't think that's going to end very, oh, let's play Parcheesi. Probably Parchisi. not going to end well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, so we're not going to be playing Parcheesi with the British, you know, basically. So it would be interesting to see. But, you know, let's get back to Leela. And I'm glad they, you know, they obviously, as her character evolved, she became more cultured, you know. But this was Leela in the raw, as they like to say. <laughs> Just about. I mean, yeah. Leela is basically the only one who's thinking for herself out of, out of the tribe or out of the, the Tesh. Most of them are, are just kind of slaves of Zoannan, you know, doing whatever they're told. Or, or they're they're kind of drunk with power or trying to achieve power. True. So I thought that was great about her character, actually. Mm-hmm. She said she's the one who breaks free. And she wants more. Um, you know, I mean, she doesn't go into the TARDIS by accident. Uh, she no. goes no, in there because no. she, she wants to learn more. She's mm-hmm. now she's got a taste for that. There's other things out there. She wants to be part of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right from there, it's like, you know, you see her, she is a fascinating character from when they first show her. And, you know, I liked her from first seeing her. Cause I didn't see, I will not say I didn't see her before that I saw her in this because I had seen the talents of Wei Chang first was my was my first that was my first ever doctor who episode mm-hmm. i had ever seen but she wasn't like she was dressed you know in the english <laughs> you know, yeah it's very different <laughs> it was very different and then i didn't come back to doctor who for a little bit and then when i came back it was still the doctor and sarah jane era so i worked into it and everything so this was my first real experience with her when i saw it and i liked her I thought it was pretty cool because you had, you know, Sarah Jane was the only other companion that I knew and everything. So it's a pretty good, you know, I mean, I don't know if we've ever rated them before, but it's a pretty good companion introduction story. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you, you like her right away. Uh, they did their due diligence in making her a good character that you wanted to see her uh, travel with a, com- uh, as a companion. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, she learns a little bit. She grows as the story goes. Um, and that's good. They don't get a chance to do that that often. You know, usually they just sit around and be like, what are you doing, doctor? Or screaming or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's, you know, she's a woman of action. Yeah, she's a fully realized character right from yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's and, awesome. And it starts here and it goes right into, I mean it just gets better and better for her. Like she just, she starts here and then she goes into robots of death, which is pretty cool. Talons of Wang Chang, which is great. Um, and then horror Fang rock where she's amazing. And like, she, like this run of her and Tom's is, is really great. Uh, it's some of the great, this doctor who stories in a row that you can find. Oh yeah. And you know, it's boom, boom, boom. These are just, this is Tom fully in stride. This is him. We, I think we said the same thing about him when we talked about Deadly Assassin on the show. But, you know, this is him fully in, you know, stride. He's so comfortable. He is the doctor. That's why, you know, and that's probably why he wanted to be on his own. You know, like, I could do it myself. You know, I have enough personality to fill two companions. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think part of that, you look, obviously part of that's true. Tom is Tom, right? But I do kind of wonder too, is if he, you know, he had a, his only, his first companion was, was Liz. And I, and they did develop quite a good friendship and bond. And I do kind of wonder if he was just thinking nobody can replace her. So why should we try? Right. No, exactly. And, and Tom was always about doing different things. 
mm-hmm. you know, trying to push it. So trying to take Doctor Who where it hadn't gone before. So I, I you know, I like I can fully admit that Tom, Tom Ego was like that was Tom, his companion. <laughs> exactly, Tom his Ego is his companion. companion. Exactly, <laughs> and there's hardly room enough in the TARDIS, as big as it is, for anybody else. <laughs> But yet, uh, on the same token, I do kind of, uh, you know, I mean, it was probably, you know, everything else he's on in charge of and in control of. Because from what I understand, even when they were casting her and talking about her and all that kind of stuff, the producers were like, he was not interested, didn't show any interest at all. And uh, as a result, ended up treating uh, Louise really poorly, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do wonder if he was, you know, just a little bit like, you know, coming off a big relationship, like just not wanting to jump right in. No, totally understand that. I think it's, you know, I've always heard that they had a really bad relationship until much, much later. Yeah. I heard that too. Yeah. I heard that too. And which is sad because she is the nicest person when I met her at Dragon Con. Not, I'm sorry, at Hulanta. Right. The same year we, you met her, Mike, um, that, you know, she was very nice, very sweet, very open, was willing to talk about anything. And, you know, it's like, man, Tom must have been a monster to not like this person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I put that solely on Tom. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, he just didn't give her a chance from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's your job on your show to welcome everybody. You know, and to make sure everybody there, uh, especially when you have that sort of presence on your show, you're, it's your job to make sure everybody there is comfortable. And uh, and yeah, he dropped the ball. I mean, later on, he said he didn't even realize what he had done. Um, he was so consumed with, I don't know, himself. Being, Ego. being Tom, yeah. <laughs> being Tom. Uh, but what's really cool is that, you know, some of that shows up on the screen. And I think it helps a little bit, um, you know, the the relationship that they have it is not it is sort of like uh you know like uh doolittle and uh whatever the professor's name is there like it is really like oh, my Henry fair lady pygmalion kind oh. of thing yes. yeah like yeah like it really does get that sense there's no despite the fact that you know, every other man watching is like hot for Leela. Like you don't get the sense that the doctor's interested at all. And that's good. <laughs> that's something they would not be able to get away with now. No. no, God, no. If it was now, it's like, God, we it would make 10 and Rose look like nothing. <laughs> Probably now. It was like, it just, it would have been bad. It would have been very, very bad. And that's what I used to say, you know, that there wasn't any hanky panky in the TARDIS, you know, and everything before that, you know, before the new series. And it was like, I just, that's one of the things I loved about it. The doctor was not asexual, but he was not interested in the companions type thing. Well, that, I mean, that always feels creepy to me, the doctor and a companion, because there's, it's such an uneven power dynamic. Yeah. So how can you even have a real relationship? I mean, it makes more sense with the doctor and River, because she's more on his level. Oh, God, yes. But like the doctor and the Ro- and Rose, I, I know people love it, but it, it kind of creeps me out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does. Well, that's why I liked her in Nine. You know, I thought it was more of... Yeah, she and Nine were, were great. Yeah, it was... The relationship there was was so much better. And, you know, and then Ten was just like, oh, it's a boyfriend and girlfriend roaming the universe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like, but no. I do see... I do think even though getting back to this era, I do think that you find Tom's relationship with Romana, both of them, uh, much, much smoother than this one and uh and but that i also is more of an on an equal level right well that's true that's true um but i think it it serves its purpose here you know even if it wasn't great behind the scenes i think in front of the like you know while we're watching that dynamic works for us um mm-hmm. you can even if you can't even if they weren't consciously pre- presenting it that way it's still there and it fits so 
it fits with uh-huh. them, you know, and and you know her Leela's introduction is much way way better than her exit, <laughs> which is oh, true. God. Oh yes, God. <laughs> which, is, which is true of so many companions I know. Yes. But... <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, it's a shame because the story that she's in her last one is pretty good, but her exit is horrible, like one of the worst. Well, it's so out of nowhere. It's just yeah. Like... There's like no thought put into it at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, Doctor, I'm staying here because I fell in love yeah. with this person I just met five minutes ago. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, and I don't plus, think it's so. just so out of character. No. For her, it just. No, agreed. That's Truly really the only agree. stain on I think her run. Um, I think you know, starting with this one, like I said, going into this season and next, I think sh- most of those stories are strong, and she's strong in them. Cool. No, I think that's awesome. All right. Any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate? Yay for Leela. <laughs> that's cool. All right. Let's go ahead and rate then one out of five TARDISes, one being the worst, five being the best. Mary, since you're so enthusiastic about Leela, <laughs> you get to go first. I, oh boy, this is hard because Leela... Leela's better than the story. Um, and oh, the story God, is yes. not, the story is not horrible, but it is just, it goes on too long. Like a lot of them do. Um, there's a lot of filler. There's a lot of filler in the middle. Um, and the Tesha blah, but, but Leela is fantastic. So I think I'm going to give it just for Leela. I think I'm going to give it a 3.75. Wow. I might give it a three without Leela. Just Ooh, for the first okay. two parts. Okay. But Leela, Leela is wonderful. No, totally understand that. Mr. Mike. Um, I get along the same lines. I think uh, if Leela's not here, uh, this gets, yeah, two and a half or three. With Leela, I'm giving it a four. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I almost give it a four. <laughs> I will I will I will stand behind that. It is worth watching. I've seen it multiple times. Um, I can, I can watch it again and again. Uh, she and Tom, you know, not just her, but she and Tom are great. Um, and they, they really pull this story together, even though there's a lot of nonsense going on around them. So, uh, it's mm-hmm. not the best, so it's not a five, but it's good enough. Um, uh, great enough actually. And, um, to give a four. Okay. I'm going to give this one a three and a half. Um, probably like it would have gotten a two and a half without Leela. No, <laughs> but it was, it was entertaining. It, it held up for me. Cause like I said, I haven't seen it probably in 25 years. So it's been quite some time. So some of it was new to me because I had forgotten and just getting old really sucks sometimes, but I really, I enjoyed it. But I found myself like starting to surf the net during the third episode or, hey, checking email or something. It was just like it wasn't holding as much as I was hoping. And some other Tom stories have where I don't even want to look at my computer. And so three and a half, I think, is being very generous for me. So, you know, we definitely would love to hear from what you guys think at home. Please write us at earthstationwho at esonetwork.com. All right, folks, that wraps it up. We definitely hope you guys are staying safe. You guys are doing okay. On behalf of myself, let's thank our co-hosts. Mary, want to promote your stuff? Yes, you can find me at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Excellent. And Mr. Mike? As always, it's my pleasure. Excellent, folks. And, you know, folks, just, you know, thank you for sticking with us. If you were up at 5 a.m., thank you. We definitely, you know, we want to find somebody who actually did watch it at 5 a.m. It would be great to find that one person who did, you know, because I'm sure there had to be at least one. So we definitely would love to hear from you guys. Thank you. Thank you for all the support. And we got some big news probably coming our next episode for fans of the podcast. Remember, folks, if you do get a chance Go on to iTunes or or Apple Podcasts now. Sorry. 
but um, or Google Play or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts at and give us a rating. We would love you guys to give us five stars. It would be awesome. Review our show. Let us know. Let people know what you think about us. You know, that's the best way you get us out there to more and more people. And we're going to be popping up at more and more places. You know, you never know where Earth Station Who is going to be coming to you from. But, you know, this is your way to show some gratitude, show some thank you, Mike, Mike and Mary for doing a podcast for almost 200, over 250 episodes. It's just, it's our way of letting us know that you guys are out there and we really do appreciate each and every one of you. We don't say it enough, but we do. So, you know, just go ahead, rate us. And, you know, it's our way of saying, you know, help please. (laughs) So it's a good thing. So, We will be back again in two weeks. We're going to be back on our two-week schedule from here on out until new Doctor Who eventually comes back. And we are going to be looking at Planet of the Daleks. So we're going the third Doctor era now. So that should be a lot of fun. And it's going to be a third Doctor story I have not actually seen before. Oh, wow. This is going to be an interesting one for us. And we'll be joined by our friend Randy Stewart. So it should be a lot of fun to talk all about that. Until then, my name is Mike Faber. On behalf of myself, Mike and Mary, we will see you here next time on the Earth Station Who podcast. Peace. And we're done. Boom. Yay. That was fun. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. <laughs>